0: Hi, I'm Geeta Nandikotkur, Managing Editor for Asia and Middle East with the Information Security Media Group. I'm pleased to invite Tom Kong, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer, Security Business Unit at VMware, to the ISMG studio today. Tom will talk about the advancements in the intrinsic security innovations for the public and private cloud and also security operations center in the current scenario and also in the distributed work environment. Thanks, Tom. Welcome to the ISMG discussion. How are you?
1: I'm very good. Thank you, Gita. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks. Tom, you have been speaking about the various ways to deliver intrinsic security to the cloud infrastructure during this global pandemic, right? So can you explain to our readers what is going to be different now in this when you mention about this intrinsic security,
1: well, I think it, it maybe helped to mm. take a step back and really discuss kind of what is causing the need for change. And I think there are a, a, a few drivers. I think one of the drivers is that we, uh, we have just simply too many tools in security. Uh, security is really a, a startup industry. It's an industry where as new threats emerged, as new problems emerged, new, new startups emerged in order to address that issue. And that, that really injected a tremendous amount of innovation and a, brought a lot of smart minds and capital to the problem. But it's also left us with thousands of tools the average organization has between 60 and 100 security controls, and that complexity has been really left our whole industry hamstrung. Gartner has a statistic that 90% of breaches leverage misconfiguration and misalignment of controls, and we have so many agents collecting almost the same data over and over again. Another issue is that we we have too many silos in security. We need to view security as a team sport where IT is just as important a partner in this effort and DevOps is just as an important partner as the security team. But to make these teams work together, we need a single set of facts. You know, the old expression, it's okay for everyone to have their own opinion. It's not okay for for them to have their own facts. We need a common set of truth of what's happening. And maybe also very important is that we need more context in security. In security, we've always had a lot of focus on understanding threats, but very little focus on understanding what we're defending. And it's, it's very difficult to secure what you don't understand. Intrinsic security, I think, provides a way to get through some of these very, very systemic issues. It basically says we can leverage our infrastructure, we can leverage our fabric. Not all security has to be bolted on. We can actually architect security in, into the virtual and cloud fabric, into the devices that we're managing into the applications that we're building. And in doing so, we can consolidate many of the tools. We can get rid of all of the agents and appliances we can bridge between the IT teams better and the security teams, and we can surface far better context about what we're defending.
0: Interesting perspective that you brought in, Tom. So, but what I would like to understand also is that uh, you have been talking about, at the VMworld also, understand about bolting in security products into the cloud environment, right? And especially in the data centers, now that every everyone is going on cloud. While I understand this built-in security is not a new finish, Right. So, what is going to
1: change now? Yeah. Well, I guess there's a few things that are changing. One is just a, maybe a fundamental perspective that we there are differences between securing workloads and user devices. I think historically workloads were sort of the poor stepchild of the endpoint in security. We built antivirus and various other products that we built first and foremost for the laptop, for the desktop, and then we created versions of them for the for the workload. And it's unfortunate because workloads are different. First of all, that's for the crown jewels lie. But also there are unique opportunities and challenges to workload. On the opportunity side, because they are single purpose, part of a system and admin control, there's a far greater opportunity to get rid of attack surface and harden that environment. Mm-hmm. On the challenge side, because it's part of a system, you need to think carefully about the way you react to attacks, there could be collateral damage. The cure sometimes is worse than the disease if you don't consider that it's actually part of a system. Now, so a, a lot of the innovation that we're bringing to workloads really stems not just from our understanding of security, but from our fundamental understanding of workloads and how infrastructure and applications work. We're doing a lot of innovation in terms of automating the hardening. You know, we, we built a, some interesting technology a number of years ago called App Defense. In fact, a good number of the team is actually in, in Pune actually who built that technology. And we've merged these teams into carbon black. And that is a good chunk of the new technology that we, we, we just released called carbon black workload. And the fundamental premise of that technology is innovations around hardening the workload and uh, so a, a lot of the innovations are, and workloads is around is around that the, the question of cloud i think it's important to consider not just the innovations in terms of securing things in the cloud but also securing from the cloud this notion of starting to do analytics security analytics as a SaaS or cloud analytics platform uh, really promises to be very very transformative for many reasons one of the reasons is it allows us to look at much richer data sets and bring much bigger compute capacity to the problem. And that allows us to leverage things like machine learning and artificial intelligence in ways we simply couldn't have done in a traditional sort of on-prem. Another advantage of doing security from the cloud is as more, we have more uh, remote workers, as we have more use of SaaS, more and more of the surface that we're protecting is no longer observable in our data centers and on our campus network. And when that happens, when when the problems become distributed, more of security needs to move to the edge and the analytics needs to move out of the data center and be something that can actually accommodate the fact better that the problem is distributed and so must the analytics. And lastly, it's important to understand that in this world where people are working remote, that also applies to the security team and the IT team. So the idea of the SOC, the Security Operations Center, becoming more of a virtual concept than a physical place, allowing workers to really be working anywhere, but still collaboratively, is another Advantage of starting to do security from the cloud, and I think it's 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 uh, oddly well suited. I think to the current pandemic and issues have only uh, brought some of these uh, benefits maybe into greater relief. So,
0: Tom, that strikes me to ask you. You mentioned in your earlier conversation about the silos, you know, the enterprises working. So integrating all these technologies that DevOps and other firewalls and the security products cloud, so becomes an essential part of your intrinsic security innovations, right? So can you throw some light on the major new innovations happening in the security domain and that the CISOs need to
1: really be cautious about or watch out for? Well, uh, on, the, on the benefit side, I mean, if, if that's what you were asking about, Gita, uh, to give you an example from something we just released, in the carbon black workload, piece, we, uh, one of the new things that we introduced was vulnerability management. Now, vulnerability management has been around for a while, but here's the interesting twist. First of all, we got rid of the notion of scanning. Mm-hmm. Because we're already collecting information once from the devices and the, work, and the workloads, we already have the data collected to evaluate. So we don't have to go back and scan again. We have a repository of the state and the assets, and we're watching for changes. So now we have something that can see things in near real time. We can prioritize, we can leverage the cloud to bring in other sources of intelligence like exploit information so that we can prioritize the vulnerabilities, not just by CVE scores, but by whether there are actual exploits. But here's the real interesting part that goes to your question, Gita. We can expose this vulnerability information, not just to the security team through the carbon black cloud interface, but right to the infrastructure team in vCenter, the interface that they use all the time. Now, why is this significant? Well, think about the way it works today. A security team will periodically scan assets for vulnerabilities, and maybe uh, once a quarter or a couple times a quarter, a list of 10,000 vulnerabilities are handed over to the vSphere admins to uh, take a look at and patch and fix. Now, this isn't serving anyone well. The vSphere admin is going, that's an incredible amount of technical debt for me to absorb. I don't have a good way of prioritizing this effort. It loses the potential to find vulnerabilities that are there not because it's a new vulnerability, but because someone went out of process to modify a workload into a vulnerable state you need to know that when it happens not 2 months later and we have these big windows of vulnerabilities with all the comments about zero days a lot of attacks really have nothing to do with a zero day they're 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 attacking something that is a known vulnerability and in fact there is a patch for contrast that with we put the information right in the vSphere admin's hand they see the two or three highly prioritized alerts when they actually happen right inside their interface right it's it's, it's allowing for, it's, it's, it's changing the fundamental process. And, uh, you know, ironically, it's one of those situations that if you, didn't grow up in our industry, you would say, well, of course you do it that way. Why would anyone do it any differently? But I I, I think we have grown almost so accustomed to this very awkward process. Put the information in the hands of the people who can best operationalize it. Now, this frees up security to focus on the strategy and governance, the position, the, the opportunity to govern over it, and frees more of their attention onto the things that IT can't do, like detect, investigate, And respond to attacks that circumvent these controls and that's an example of how building things in not just making them agentless but also building things in so we can expose context to the IT teams that brings these teams together and changes security.
0: You rightly mentioned about in your earlier statement about why enterprises need to focus on protecting the workload and it's not just the endpoint devices or endpoint computing. Do you think the enterprises need to rethink their security strategies for the cloud infrastructure at this point in time? And what would be your recommendations for the team?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess a few thoughts. As as I mentioned earlier, I, I think security is ult- ultimately best understood as a risk management exercise. And the way to think about that is you're going to spend whatever you're going to spend. The question is really: Are you spending that not just capital, but time, money, focus? Are you spending on things that will have a more material impact on risk? There's a wonderful framework I like from Gartner, Neil McDonald, an analyst at Gartner, wrote something called the Cloud Workload Protection Framework, and in it he stack ranks all the different things that you could do to protect a workload in order of how much risk you're getting it, you're getting rid of. Mm-hmm. And you know, the bottom of that is things like hardening configuration, vulnerability, patching, segmentation, app control. The very top is antivirus, meaning it it addresses marginal risk. Most of us don't find viruses on our Linux servers, and if you do, you probably have larger issues to to contend with. So part of it is taking a risk management approach, which will force you to spend a bit more time on the hygiene and hardening, and then having the context to detect and respond. And, and I think that is a, an adjusted view and really to think about things that were actually designed for workloads and not just taking your endpoint security and sticking it up onto your workloads. I think another piece that's related to that is as you think about defense in depth, and I suppose this is true, not just for workloads, but as you think about defense in depth, defense in depth shouldn't be do a whole bunch of things and hopefully something will catch it. It really should have been a series of activities that have different failure modes, right? We should be focusing first and foremost on hardening. And where that fails, we should focus on prevention. And in prevention, for workloads, it's less about less often about viruses. It's much more about ransomware and non-malware, fileless, living off the land attacks, which has more to do with finding software being used maliciously than malicious software. You know, the kinds of attacks we see on workloads are you know, using PowerShell to scrape an LSAS directory to harvest credentials. That's a fundamentally different problem than we've historically solved with antivirus, where I'm trying to find a bomb. This is about finding a van that's gonna be misused by a terrorist to drive into a crowd. We need to understand how it's being used. So the kind of data that you collect, things like detection and response technology, and things like behavioral technology become ever more important on the on the, on the workload. So I think that's a, a fundamental key uh, imperative. I think it's imperative on the in the in the in the cloud to start thinking about how you can start using the infrastructure and the cloud to secure things. That's a different perspective than securing the cloud. That's saying the cloud has unique properties. Virtualization has unique properties. And in any area but security, we've always looked at that and said, how can I take advantage of elasticity? automatability, resiliency, how do I take advantage of that to change how I build, manage, and run my applications? Part of what we're trying to do with intrinsic security is say, we can take advantage of those properties for security too. And so that is an important piece. And I suppose my last advice really goes back to what we were discussing earlier. Involve the DevOps team, involve the infrastructure team, the cloud infrastructure team, as well as the sort of private cloud infrastructure team, the server teams. They are important partners. We must figure out how to collaborate on security. There is no way for a security operations center to solve this alone. It's simply, in my view, not a practical approach.
0: Tom, what interesting aspect that comes out when you discuss about these things, right? So you have been a CTO, you know, working on innovation and security and other IT infrastructure as well. So where do you think are the shortcomings when it comes to the CISO's aligning with this kind of collaborative tools or collaborative strategy that you discussed about. So is there yeah, a way we can I, bridge this gap?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I actually find most organizations have a, a strong desire, actually, to solve this problem. Meaning, I think CISOs and the secure their teams are very much embrace this notion of looking to IT to help operationalize more security. And I actually think these days the IT teams are bra- embracing this concept too. They're ultimately responsible. They may have different goals at some level, but fundamental to the goals of IT is the availability, resiliency, and integrity of their infrastructure, and and those are you know a sec- a security threats represent a threat to that mission. So I, I again I, I think part of this is how we put the right tools and right information in the right place for this team. You know, what we haven't seen before is exposing security capabilities in contexts in the IT consoles, right? We build security tools bought by security teams exposed to them, as opposed to this innovative approach that says, I will expose some of the same facts in the right way in the right console. I think, so I think there's a technical element of this that we're trying to embrace. But like any change, I think Gita that that uh, this will represent a change to the to the runbooks, to the processes and to some of the skill sets of these teams. I'm very encouraged that there's a strong desire and motivation to address this change. And uh, you know, I think in a period where some of the problems are exacerbated because of the pandemic, because of the changes caused for the pandemic, you know, often the silver lining in these in these, uh, you know, these you know, bad situations is it does allow us to sometimes accelerate changes almost out of necessity. And um, I think some of these changes will, will help us address the pandemic, but will actually serve us very well long beyond that.
0: Thank you very much, Tom, for sharing your perspectives on how the security teams need to thrive in the most turbulent time with an intrinsic approach to security.
1: It's my it's my great pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: This is Gita nandikot for ISMG.